0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer.
1: And I'm Jake Sherman.
0: And welcome to the Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchful News. It's Monday, May 9th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the K Street canvas is out. Number two, abortion politics are front and center on Capitol Hill this week. And number three, the latest endorsements on the campaign trail. All right, Jake, let's get to it. We are both, I think, extremely excited about the Canvas K Street, which is our anonymous polling. Um, we have been doing it just of Senior Capitol Hill aides, but now we have moved to downtown. And uh, this week, the results of that survey uh, will be out for the first time. Yeah, this is cool. I mean, I think
1: I think part of our goal here, and Anna, you could talk about it uh Uh, two is to really provide a 360-degree view of of public opinion in D.C. of both people on Capitol Hill, which we do every month uh, in a tracking poll, this tracking poll that we do with the Locust Street Group, which is Canvas uh, Capitol Hill. And now we're doing it with K Street um, because this is a an ecosystem so to speak, right? I mean, there are pe- a lot of people in DC in different roles and I think it's it's been useful to us to kind of get those those views from across, across the city. Um, we're gonna give a couple of um, uh, teasers. We have a lot of data that we're gonna roll out this week for premium subscribers, so you should be a premium member if you're not. That is your fault and you should do it this week. We have a link in the AM edition this morning. Um, Number 1, uh, a majority, 52% of K Street leaders be- believe the Biden administration has been unsuccessful so far. Uh 81% of Republicans agreed and 60% of Democrats said the overall performance of the Biden administration has been successful. Uh Thoughts about that, Anna?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think what's interesting here and we hope to try to get to by talking to these folks uh, in an anonymous capacity, they are confirmed by us that they are You know, kind of senior, uh, you know, downtown officials is to get a sense of what actually people are are saying. You know, not a lot of Democrats on the record are going to be talking about whether or not the Biden administration has failed. But fifty-two percent of case readers believing that um, is an interesting data point, and in particular that only sixty percent of Democrats said the overall performance of Biden has been successful shows kind of another case study of where Democrats. Democrats don't believe Biden has been, you know, as as effective as the president, as many probably would have would have hoped another uh, nugget that we are putting out today trump staffers stuff. they are out of luck most 57 percent of k street firms said they look less favorably on former trump staffers while only two percent of firms said they are looked at more favorably so being in be a former employee of the trump administration is not going to help you get a job when it comes to uh lobbying downtown
1: and let's be clear, a lot of people, a lot of former Trump administration officials want jobs downtown. Uh, and furthermore, a lot of people in the Trump administration were lobbyists beforehand. So um, this is not a this is not an idle point, I wouldn't think, Anna. This is a pretty big uh, that's a that's a pretty big data point. So also, we have a, a lot of data as i mentioned that we're going to be rolling out over the week um in the tuesday and wednesday midday editions and the thursday and friday pm editions including we're going to obviously release the full polling which will come out um uh, this week as well, the the entire poll. So here's some questions that we asked that have answers that we're going to roll out this week. What industries and groups do you believe are most effective at lobbying Congress? That's fun um, because every single industry, I would imagine, that um, uh, lobbies thinks they are the most effective. <laughs> uh, did the COVID-19 pandemic have a positive or negative impact on advocacy and lobbying efforts? Who has more influence, lobbyists or constituents, and a lot more. So you should subscribe. um, You should subscribe to Premium um, and uh, find out those answers.
0: All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, Senate taking up the abortion issue amid obviously this Roe versus Wade fervor. Uh, There was a lot of protests over the weekend, Jake, at not only um, the homes of Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh over the weekend, but also um, outside the Supreme Court uh, where a security fence has now been erected around the building. Um, But this is is not just going to be at the active level now it's going to be taken up by the senate uh with both the house and senate in session this week um senate majority leader chuck schumer is going to file cloture today to codify roe versus wade in federal law setting up a vote on wednesday
1: yeah so let's be clear from the beginning here um there are not 60 votes to uh codify roe v wade in the senate there are not 50 votes it doesn't seem like to codify roe v wade in the senate so Forget getting rid of the filibuster for a second. Even if you got rid of the filibuster, you were you were you, the Senate would not be able to at this point sitting here this morning, May 9th, um, would not be able to uh, codify Roe v. Wade, which is a that's going to be a, a huge element of frustration among among Democrats. That's because traditionally. Joe Manchin, who is opposed to uh, abortion rights, uh, voted with Republicans in February against an earlier version of this bill. Susan Collins told me and a group of reporters last week that um, she is against the Democrats bill because it doesn't include what she describes as conscious protections, which would allow, um, uh, which would give some leeway to Catholic hospitals to not uh, provide abortion services and um, and Lisa Murkowski uh, is also opposed to this version. She she said on Capitol Hill. Um, so again, there are not sixty votes. There are also not fifty votes here. So that that's a big blow to Senate Democrats now Anna I, this is we didn't address this terribly uh, in depth this morning but the impact of the of the midterms we haven't talked about it yet because we've both been uh, sidelined I guess <laughs> is is one way to describe it and we haven't done a podcast together in what appear what feels like 60 years but um what do we think what do you think about how this I have I don't know if we've even talked about this off ca- or off podcast <laughs> but how do you think this is going to play into the midterms
0: Yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly this is an issue that, I mean, Schumer's teeing this up knowing where the votes are. He's not surprised that this is going to fail. I think that there is um, a lot of energy that you're starting to see among Democrats, um, and I think that they're going to kind of push on this issue more and more, feel like it is, you know... um, maybe b- b- if you're from the democratic position bad for the world that this is going forward but probably good for the midterms it is this is an issue that really um you know is galvanizing to a lot of um not only Democrats I think the, the the issue that they're gonna the the Democrats are going to look to is to say is that this that that abortion rights are widely popular or supported at least if nothing else um by the electorate and that you're going to have some potentially Republicans or independents also shift to want to vote people that maybe were you know frustrated by Biden frustrated by inflation that this could be one of those issues that Democrats are able to kind of get some much needed momentum going into the midterms.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't, I have no idea how this is, I, I agree with everything you're saying, I just have no idea how it's going to play and whether it's going to be as um, as much of a uh, motivating factor for Democrats as Democrats think, I think it has the potential to be, we'll have to see what happens, but it's. I would have to imagine it's pretty deflating um, to have this to have this bill go down which it's going to this week um uh it's going to number one inflame tensions with Joe Biden with Joe Mansion once again um i think that's the main at least short-term impact is that that it's going to happen that's going to happen for sure um i think you you're going to hear a lot this week of republicans being asked if they would enact a federal abortion ban if uh Roe is overturned uh Mitch McConnell says that's possible of course there's some There is some uh, uh, hypocrisy here because Republicans are saying it should be left to the states, yet they might try to enact a federal abortion ban. Um, Furthermore, uh, a lot of people—that's what everyone's going to be asking members of Congress this week, I think, is that's the the main point I'm making. Um, This is also taking place in a lot of state houses around the country. I mean, you're seeing states around the—you're seeing states suggest that there might be— Bans on contraception. Uh, There's a bunch of states that have trigger laws that put in pretty harsh anti-abortion measures if Roe is overturned. So this is just going to be an issue around the country. Uh, Let's just touch on a few more points right now. Um, Also hanging out there. This week is the $33 billion in COVID aid, which uh, the Biden administration has suggested. Sorry, $33 billion in Ukraine aid, not COVID aid. $33 billion in Ukraine aid, uh, which the Biden administration has suggested is absolutely crucial and time sensitive. And uh, Congress has been dragging its feet on this for a couple weeks. weeks. Uh, couple that with the Uh, what the between 10 and 20 billion dollars in COVID aid Um, that Democrats are looking to pair those together Republicans are warning against that we'll have to see what that what happens this week there'll be a lot of wrangling on that also uh, a bunch of nominees to the Federal Reserve uh, could come to could come together this week there's no time deal on Jay Powell who is uh, uh, nominated for another term as chair of the Federal Reserve Uh, but Congress but the Senate is finally going to be theoretically we don't know everyone health status, but there were a bunch of absences because, uh, due to COVID, Chris Murphy and Ron Wyden, and then also uh, Michael Bennett of Colorado. Uh, those the, the, the Senate Democratic leadership tells us that all of those folks are going to be back this week. Uh, also, at the end of the week, uh, uh, on Wednesday, sorry, the middle of the week, the CPI numbers, the inflation numbers are going to be out. That's uh, that's a big deal. That's obviously it takes up a ton of oxygen, a ton of mind space on the Hill. And last but not least, Anna and we haven't talked about this together. Is this resolution on uh, unionizing the House of Representatives uh, for staff? And uh, the the announcement last week that Nancy Pelosi is uh, putting a uh, a floor on uh, staffer salary at forty five thousand dollars, also raising the top level salary to over two hundred thousand dollars, more than members of Congress. Um, that's a big sea change in the House of Representatives, Anna.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So a ton going on, not just around abortion politics, but uh, as you mentioned, several different nominations and certainly the unionization effort uh, is something that we are tracking very closely and have been uh, throughout the past several months as this is an effort that has gained esteem. Um, Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. We've got a bunch of different um, endorsements happening above some uh, uh, ahead of rather some of these primaries uh, in May. I'm just going to announce or talk about on the Republican side. House Republican Conference Chair Elise Stefanik's EPAC is endorsing a new slate of candidates, including former GOP Governor Sarah Palin in Alaska. Palin is running for that at-large seat that was held by the late Representative Don Young. Also, uh, a part of this slate of endorsements includes Catalina Loff, a former Trump administration official who's running against Representative Bill Foster, Jennifer Ruth Green, who's running against Representative Frank Mervin, the Democrat from Indiana, and Carolina Sereno, who is running against Representative Dina Titus, the Democrat from Nevada. Of course, Elise Stefanik is one of the kind of uh, most active, um, certainly women in the Republican Party in terms of her EPAC, but also just in terms of leadership, her endorsement matters quite a bit. Uh, a couple of interesting, you know, just kind of endorsements that she is doing, but there's a bunch of other stuff happening as well.
1: Yeah, that the the, the uh, we're always interested by the um, the, the endorsements because it it is the EPAC is is just a has become a, a central clearinghouse, so to speak, in the in the Republican Party for female candidates, and um, uh, Stefanik has been extraordinarily active.
0: All right. And with that, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.